Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, this is Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Alan Safahi, and he is the founder and CEO of Zed Network. Hello, Alan. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, I was doing some research on you before starting this podcast with you today, and I realized we're both Cal State Fullerton graduates. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Go, tit- go Titans. I saw you got your undergrad <laughs> <Go> there. <laughs> yeah. You went from uh, Titans to the Trojans. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, there was, there was about a 30, 30 year window in between those two zones, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyways, I thought that was cool. Um, so yeah, let's, let's start off with, uh, with the first question I think everyone wants to know is tell me about your company. What do you guys do? Sure. Zed is a platform for money transfer operators. Uh, we provide a complete suite of products for the small MTOs to help them compete against the bigger ones like Western Union, MoneyGram. Real and Ready Express. Uh, what we do is we give them the mobile app, the web app, the back office, KYC, AML, everything they need to know in addition to, you know, potentially relationships to payment processes and banks, um, a complete suite of products and services. And basically with one integration to that, um, they'll be able to send money instantaneously to dozens of uh, countries around the world. And the settlement is, uh, using our Z currency, which is our own cryptocurrency. 
Oh, wow. You know, for, for people who don't know, um, you can make your own cryptocurrency for different companies. And I've always been interested in, in the process of that. Do you, how does that work? Um, so, you know, to, a lot of people know about Bitcoin and possibly Ethereum. Uh, these are some of the early cryptocurrencies. And um, I was involved early days in 2012 with Bitcoin. And, and then later on, I became an advisor for Ripple, which is one of the top five <laughs> cryptocurrencies now. Basically, these are currencies that are issued on top of blockchain or um, network of computers that are connected around the world. So they're uh, what we call distributed uh, ledgers. Uh, so basically, when you send money from point A to point B, that transaction is routed. Instead of going through banks and SWIFT, it's routed through a bunch of little computers all over the world. And, and then it gets uh, recorded on the blockchain or that network. And it's... Uh, you know, recorded forever, it cannot be erased or deleted. So it's in a way they call this a decentralized or a distributed ledger because it's not one company like Visa, for example, keeping track of transactions. It's uh, the transaction is broken down into millions of little pieces and saved on millions of little computers all over the world. That's kind of the yeah. simplified explanation <laughs> I can give you. <laughs> no, that's, that's that's great. That's great. Um, I'm thinking, you know, what is what are some of the biggest advantages, I guess, to using your product and and you know not using banks, decentralizing the bank and cutting them kind of out of the picture? Yeah, sure. Um, so when you send when remittance companies or money transfer companies send money overseas, it goes to almost four different banks. You know, they have their own bank, then it goes to a what they call a correspondent bank, then it goes to another correspondent bank on the other side, and then there's their partners' bank. So there's four different people that touch that along the way, and mm -hmm. it adds to the cost and the complexities. So what these guys usually do is send money once a week or once every few days. And in order to, um, you know, they, um, you know, in order to, you know, have enough reserves on how to, um, sorry about that, I was getting another call. <laughs> so, um, so they, they send, uh, you know, money, you, uh, in order to have deposits on hand, so when the customer gives them money to send overseas, it's you know delivers immediately. They don't have to wait for for the process. But what happens is this money transfer companies have to leave deposits all over the world. Every time they do a partnership in any country, they need to put a large deposit on hand, which you know many of them don't have the cash reserves to do that. So mm -hmm. one of the advantages of Zed is that you don't need to have any deposits. You integrate with Zed and immediately. Uh, you can have access to dozens of countries and markets, and you just pay as you go. If you're sending a thousand dollars, you know you buy a thousand dollars worth of that. You send it over, and then within three to five seconds, our partners on the other side convert it back to local currency and pay out. So there's no need for you to put, you know, a week's or two weeks worth of transactions as deposits. <laughs> um, wow. You know, I, yeah, this, this is one advantage. There are other advantages. I mean, they get all of this suite of products that cost us millions of dollars to build, they get that for free. And um, you know, as I mentioned, we're working on other solutions for them, including banking and payment processing. Basically, um, all the problems that money transfer operators face and the reasons that they can't scale up and grow, those are the problems we're trying to solve with them. Exactly. Is it also, I mean, if you're not making little deposits all over the world, is it more secure? 
Yeah, well, you know, of course, if you, you know, these people want to, you know, keep their cash closer to themselves in, in their own <laughs> bank account. So, uh, not having deposits all over the world is a good thing, you know, um, especially when they have new partners um, that they sign up with, they have to send deposits and, you know, there's risk element. Those companies could go out of business. So, you do a lot of due diligence before you agree to give your hard-earned cash to anybody for deposits. In the case of Z, when they actually buy Z currencies, we don't, you know, invoice until the next day. So we aggregate all the payments that they made that day, all the purchases they made that day, and we collect it from their bank account the next day. So they get one day's float. And by that time, their recipient has already received the money because, you know, mm. it's delivered within three to five seconds. So so they're, they're, all their risk is on us, not on the money transfer. Wow. So that gives your, that gives your uh, clients a lot of confidence when working with you, which is, I feel like, what lacks with Bitcoin or with, with cryptocurrencies in general is people don't have that confidence quite yet. Yes. Um, I actually have a money transfer company in Canada that I've been operating for three years called Zipzap. So uh, having been in that on that side of the coin, I understand <laughs> the things. And uh, these are the problems I'm trying to solve, the same problems that I experience as a money transfer operator in Canada. Uh, there's always banking issues, technology issues, and cash flow issues. And we try to solve all three of those. Uh, the other thing, you know, that that's great there is that we are probably the only cryptocurrency that I know of that that's fully KYC. That means any single person that uses that, whether they buy it, sell it, receive it, <laughs> send it, they are all fully verified by us. Uh, by this. we do background check and we verify the identity of the owners. So uh, there is no counterparty risk with that. What that means is if for example, money transfer operators were to use Bitcoin or Ethereum or Ripple, for, for example, there is no guarantee that every single token is fully KYC. And because of that, many banks and many regulators are very leery of that, very concerned about that. There could be you know, potential risk if somebody uses your to- that token for nefarious activities. But mm-hmm. with that, they don't have that problem. So we're what we call a regulator-friendly coin. Um, and, you know, that should give assurance to the money transfer operators that their relationship with the regulator is not going to be impacted by using this type of crypto- cryptocurrency. There are thousands of cryptocurrencies out there, so you have to be really careful to only work with the ones that are considered security tokens, which ours is, and ones that are fully KYC, which ours is. Wow. That, yeah, that's, I think, one of the main concerns that I would have as a consumer would be, you know, where is this going? How is, How do I know that it's a real a real coin, and it's actually going to get transferred to where I want to get to. Wow. Um, by, so by the way, with our, with, with our coin, the consumers don't even know that they're using this coin. This is something that's in between the two licensed money transfer entities. So we're kind of like SWIFT. Uh, we mm-hmm. sit between two licensed entities. We are a network that enables movements of you know, the Z currencies between one licensed company to another licensed company. The consumers that put their money in for money remittances and the recipients that receive the money on the other side have no clue what's being used in the middle for transfer. So for all they know, the transfer could have happened to banks or to SWIFT. It doesn't really mm-hmm. impact the consumers. We don't, we're not trying to change behaviors for any of the consumers on either side because that would be insurmountable challenge. <laughs> exactly. How, <laughs> how do you read people? That's what they want. Yeah, um, it's hard enough to get people to trust that if you do the maintenance company. Imagine if they had to also trust the cryptocurrency. That's why I think those companies that enable consumers to send Bitcoin or Ethereum, um, 
they are, my hat's off to them. They have a huge challenge ahead of them. Uh, in our case, you know, we are trying to only solve the, the swift challenge that's in the middle by reducing the cost, reducing the, uh, you know, the risk associated with the transfer and doing the full KYC and providing all the tools for our clients to make their life easier. Because as you may know, you know, it's a little money transfer companies that actually do 75% of all remittances worldwide. You know, the Western Union, MoneyGram, RIA, and you know, UAE Express, the top four, only process on 25% of remittances. So it's a very, you know, fragmented market. And the challenge is these small remittance companies are really focused on only one or two corridors. They can't go beyond that because of the issues that I mentioned, the banking and cash flow and technology. So by giving them these tools, we hope that they can actually grow rapidly and scale up and mount a significant challenge to the big players. And in the process, we hope to reduce the cost of remittances for everybody. So, you know, including the, uh, you know, all the third world countries that are dependent on these remittances. Wow. Well, that is a very big big goal, but I think you guys are well on your way to achieving it. Um, my other question is going to be, yeah. Um, so, I mean, where do you see, where do you see your company within the next year, year to three years? Well, we do hope you have any to big grow. plans? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I cancel all my vacations for the next three years. <laughs> we're, we're hoping to grow very rapidly. Um, you know, the idea for this um, is to be a global network. So we hope to go by the end of this year to about 150 plus countries for payouts. And we are setting up operations around the world so we can also work with local money transfer operators. Um, a network, um, you know, this would only be valuable as you have the members in that network. So the more we have, the more valuable our network becomes. For the next few years, I think our goal is to capture as many, um, you know, money transfer operators in the market as we can and create that whole network effect. Wonderful. That sounds great. Um, if you're a client coming into to your service, um, you know, what can you expect as a new client coming in? You know, what are the mm-hmm. steps? What what do people need to be prepared for? Um, well, you know, I think they really understand that we provide a lot of support services. If many of our clients don't have their own IT department, they may have one or two persons that handle the whole IT. And most of the time that person is really busy with compliance and other types of, you know, reporting. <laughs> So we all yeah. have with that. You know, when, when they use our network, they'll see that because we collect all the KYC data on the sender and the recipient, uh, we, you know, provide, we can help them with the reporting to the regulators. Um, so, you know, that automated the process for them. So they have a lot more free time to focus on customer service and customer acquisition, which is what they really should be focusing on. You know, um, when mm-hmm. I look at the industry, you know, and I step back and look at it, uh, these money transfer operators um, have a cu- couple of great advantages. One is they have licenses, which is difficult to get in some areas. And secondly, they have relationships with customers that sometimes go back decades. So we don't want to get in the middle of that. We want to. So as far as that, so how did you get involved with that? You know, you're the founder and CEO. You just saw the need and just decided to take a chance on it. Is it because you got frustrated with ZipZap and your problems you were having there and you wanted to fix fix them for yourself? or? You know, what really oh, drives yeah, your passion that, for it? That was a part of it. I mean, um, here's what happens. Money transfer operators are always worried about their banking relationships. You know, they, uh, they're they always looking over their shoulders at the bank when they shut them down. You know, the reason for that is 
they're a small one. They don't bring a lot of revenue to the bank, but they pose a lot of risks to the bank. So mm-hmm. what happens in time, bigger banks start to what they call de-risk themselves by, you know, getting rid of these money transfer operators. You know, they usually shift, you know, their resources to other more profitable verticals like, you know, insurance or investment bankers or you know, areas where they make billions of dollars instead of millions. And, you know, so the small money transfer operators um, are constantly struggling. Um, recently, you know, with JP Morgan Chase, you know, created a uh, situation where, you know, credit unions could not process uh, money transfer and wire transfers for these money transfer companies. And as a result, many of these NTOs were, you know, having to go out there and, you know, maybe go to Western Union and MoneyGram and ask them to allow them to use their service for wire transfers. I mean, that's not sustainable. So when you're um, in that situation, and I'm, you know, similar to with ZipDab, I saw firsthand how these money transfer operators were struggling. Uh, fortunately, we didn't have as much of a problem with banking, but you know, we, you know, we felt the pain in the industry. And then what happened is a lot of these guys, these money transfer operators, came to me and asked if they could license our technology because ZipDab was growing very rapidly and we were signing up a lot of customers, and they wanted to know. <laughs> you know, how our app was working so well where they didn't have one or if they, or if they had one, it wasn't working as well. So um, we tried to work with them and try to license our technology to them, but, you know, it didn't work with, the, you know, because by the time I add the fees, it was just too expensive for them. Mm-hmm. Now with, with this uh, Zed and with the crypto economics, I'm able to give those same tools to them for free. <laughs> Because we hope that, you know, they can use our currency and the value of the currency in time will go up and, you know, it would be win, win, win for everybody. Uh, but without that cryptocurrency, we wouldn't be able to do that. So that was one of the reasons behind it. And as I mentioned, you know, I've been involved in, you know, blockchain and cryptocurrencies for a number of years. I was actually an advisor to Ripple for four years. So I saw, you know, uh, you know, from, you know, front seat, I could see, the, the uh, uh, involvement of the cryptocurrencies for remittances. Um, Ripple has a different strategy. They target larger banks and larger money transfer companies. I happen to think the smaller banks, you know, the credit unions and the smaller remittance companies are a better strategy because um, they need our service more. <laughs> and it's usually mm-hmm. a good thing when your customer needs your service. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the, big, the bigger companies usually, uh, like banks, they... they you know, may participate in pilots and they may participate in to some extent, but in, in the long term, they want to control everything. And so they're not into decentralized <laughs> products. They are very much into centralized uh, products. That gives them the advantage. Um, you know, and maybe after a while, they want to create their own currencies and so forth. Whereas with that, um, you know, we only work with small to medium-sized money transfer operators that we know will never launch their own currencies. They're always going to be using that currency, and uh, that was the whole intention of the platform. Exactly, and you know, it makes sense. But the banks probably feel threatened by by this. That's why they want control of it as well. Right. Yeah. There's, you know, some banks. I mean, many banks don't even do remittances. Well, too much risk. But the few that do remittances, they um, you know, they definitely want to control that. It's a good revenue source. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, we're we're all about getting rid of that. As you may know, globally, I think there's something like $80 billion in fees that are being paid for money transfer for remittances. And these are paid by the 
people on the bottom of the economic chain, you know, <laughs> uh, they think they can scarcely afford it. This is hard in cash for them. And if you can reduce that by one, two, three percent or more, that creates millions of jobs in those developing countries. And, you know, it's much better than foreign aid uh, because the money goes directly to the bottom of the economy, to the people who deserve it the most versus going to the government on the top of the economy. So I say let's get rid of foreign aid altogether and instead reduce the remittance fees and get, inject cash into those developing countries that way. Yeah, oh, definitely. That's that's more of a global idea to actually help the entire planet as, as one unit. <laughs> right. <laughs> you have to think big when, when you're dealing with the global remittances. I mean, it affects millions of people. There are 250 million immigrants that live in a country other than the one they were born in. And I'm one of them. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's... You know, these people send money home and, you know, they they work hard and they earn the cash and send money home. Our goal is to help them keep more of that cash. And if they want to send more of it without having to pay all those fees. And the only way to do that is to, you know, make the process really efficient, you know. And that's what this crypto technology that we build on top of Stellar Network allows us to do. Excellent. Well, it sounds great to me. <laughs> um, yeah, and your service... You know, you list on your website that it's low-cost, instantaneous, transparent, global, data-rich, and comprehensive. All of these things mm-hmm. are, are you know, the top the top six things that people are looking at to integrate into their business. And so what fees are associated for clients who are using your service? I'm glad you asked. Um, so on the, the first year, we have no fees. Uh, we were waiving the fees for the first year just to scale up. But after that... Um, the clients that sign up this year um, will get the rest of the year for free. But after that, it becomes 25 basis points, which is 0.25%. Um, and that's it. You know, we, we may have a small monthly fee, like $500 to, to $5,000, depending on the number of transactions. Uh, but then there's only 0.25% on the um, you know remittance side. So if you compare that to the rates that they're paying today to their banks and maybe you know going to Western Union MoneyGram, it's more like five or six percent, so we're giving mm-hmm. a significant you know, reduction in fees, which we hope translates in they reducing the the fees and the cost to the customer. And we feel exactly. that if everybody is getting a lower fee, then you know market conditions will kind of demand that they reduce their costs and be more competitive, and eventually the consumers will benefit from this technology. Yeah, if you're setting the new standard, people are going to have to to change their behavior. Other companies in order to meet you know, your low-cost and efficient service. That's great. Exactly. They're reducing a lot of the overheads. They're letting them focus on customer service and acquisition. They're giving them access to dozens of markets, uh, providing all the automation for KYC and AML and reporting. So by doing all of that, we hope they can shift a lot of their costs to the front end and acquire customers and grow. And hopefully they won't have to talk as much to each customer as they're growing. Exactly. Well, this is so wonderful. So if our listeners want to get in touch with your company, start up the service, become a new customer, you know, what is the, what's the best way to do that? Uh, best way is, you know, go online to z.network. That's our mm-hmm. website address, uh, network, Or they can mm-hmm. send an email to info at z.network, and we'll have someone get back to them with all the details. Uh, the process is really easy. The integration is really just a matter of a couple of days. <laughs> And we provide support for that if they don't have their own IT resources. So we try to make this process really easy for them. But, you know, once they partner with us, then they still have to get approved by the 
pay our partners because we are just a network. So they still do their own contracts with the payout partners, and they still negotiate the fees and do the due diligence, uh, which we can help them with, of course. Uh, but the, the question, the key thing is that once they integrate with, those, uh, with us, then it's easy for them to partner with all these other companies. Uh, you know, they don't have to go out there and find the partners and negotiate with them and spend months, you know, due diligence and then, you know, <laughs> integrate with them. And so we've done it really, you know, make it really easy for them to do that. And that's, and that's what you guys are all about is you're putting the customer first and just giving them the platform to, to make to make their, their dreams come true, truly. Exactly, right. This is really um, going to be positive news for money transfer operators. Now, for the longest time, I have heard nothing but bad news. <laughs> it's always been, <laughs> you know, banks shutting them down or government regulators making it harder for them. So, you know, uh, these guys play a pivotal role in, um, in you know, the whole, you know, integration uh, worldwide. You know, there are people that depend on the money. In some countries, it's a big part of their GDP. It's all of these remittances. And when banks shut down money money service businesses and money transfer operators, who pays the price are the immigrants in those developing countries. I mean, I remember a few years ago when um, you know HSBC got caught, you know, doing some bad stuff, and they got penalized billions of dollars. And right after that, Barclays Bank shut down hundreds of money transfer companies in the UK. And I heard the news right after that that people in Somalia and others were starving because they could not get uh, remittances from their family in the UK. Um, so, you know, there's human toll that, you know, is paid when, pe- you know, banks want to de-risk their, their portfolio. <laughs> they only think about the, um, you know, financial aspects, but there's really human toll. So, these, you know, I think in that case, I, I heard that uh, there was one money transfer company that took it to court and got an injunction against Barclays to prevent them from... Uh, you know, shutting them down because they were on humanitarian grounds and they got the injunction. So, um, you know, we, we don't need to go to those extremes. Um, so, and some of that is not, I'm not really blaming the banks. It's, you know, they're under a lot of pressure from regulators monitor these transactions all the time. They have a lot of uh, risks. If, uh, if a money transfer company does any kind of nefarious activity or, you know, terrorist financing, anything like that. So, they have to spend a lot of money monitoring it, smaller the companies, and they can't afford that. You know, they want to put their money on monitoring companies that bring in millions or billions of dollars in revenue. So one of the side effects of what I think is going to happen in the next few years, you asked me about our plans. What's going to happen in the next few years, if you're successful and you're able to sign up hundreds of these money transfer operators, then the amount of funds that would flow through that network would be large enough that would warrant a tier one bank to partner with us. And, you know, because then they can monitor our activities and they can, you know, make money <laughs> doing that. And as a result, we may be able to bring banking services with top tier banks to our money transfer operators that they couldn't get on their own. So scale is everything in this business. And we hope to scale up fast so we can service our clients better. Exactly. And I love that you you truly are thinking about how this affects everyone in the global economy, not just, you know, are your clients making money? It's, it's how it affects everyone. And that truly is what I think cryptocurrency is trying to address, which is, which is great. You have a great, a great company here. Thank you. I appreciate that. What a compliment. Of course. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on Future Tech Podcast, Alan. This has been really insightful. And thank you so much for sharing your time and wisdom. 
Thank you. I appreciate the uh, opportunity. It's been great. Great chatting with you. All right. <laughs> Have a great day. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, in their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here. Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.